Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. I'm really excited. Uh, Joe Theismann, our guy, long time great former quarterback NFL analyst wants to uh he wants to spend two hours with us Joe I wish we had a four-hour show buddy we could there's so much quarterback news going on in the NFL right now oh my gosh Bill I mean everywhere you look I mean I, I've been, I just went through the teams you got Philly Arizona Baltimore the Dolphins the Jets the Titans the Colts the Texans the Raiders Denver Washington Giants Seattle I mean you know, if you're Derek Carr, you've hit the lottery, okay? Let's put it that way. You've got your choice of the stand. If Derek, uh, Joe Theismann on the show, if, if, if Carr makes the right decision and puts himself in, in, in the best spot to be successful, Joe, what is his ceiling in the NFL this next season? How, how good can he be? You know, Bill, you've heard me say this a thousand times, and I'll repeat it probably 10,000 more, is the quarterback position is the single most dependent position on the field. And unless you have the people around you, you cannot be successful. It isn't the system. It's the players around you and your ability to be able to process the things that you need to do to be able to be successful. So if if Derek, if I'm Derek, I'm basically going to look a little bit like Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When Jameis Winston turned the ball over, he threw 30 interceptions. Tom wasn't going to throw 30. But you look at the receiving core, you look at the defense at that time. You know, all of those factors is something that Derek has to look at and say, okay, my chance and opportunity, not only to be successful, but to have a long-term career in a place where there's stability is something I have to look at right now. That's what he needs to evaluate. So, you know, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they invested nine draft choices in two players, Christian McCafferty and Trey Lance. We still don't know, and they don't know about Trey Lance. But yet Purdy's surgery, I guess, didn't go very well. So, What's your quarterback position look like? Now, that's a team that has got a lot of talent around the position. We've seen that. So, you know, is that a possibility? I don't know. The Jets, everybody says this, this, this. I I think he's going to get money no matter where he goes. So it's not a question of dollars. It's a question of people around him. Joe Theismann here on the show. Joe, uh, a report came out in The Athletic last week. Now, I wasn't around, so I I was on vacation, so I didn't talk about it. But it, it... I know the guys did that that claim that Russell Wilson tried to get Pete Carroll and the GM in Seattle fired during his time there. And I think more to the point in the present claim that that Wilson had an office, a private office in with the Broncos in their facility in a way that the athletic points is very unusual and to some of the people in that organization problematic. What do you make of the idea of a quarterback like, like Russell Wilson, instead of hanging out in the locker room or, or in film room, having his own private office with the coaches? 
Well, first of all, I don't know that any of those things are facts. I will say this. There's no way that a quarterback of any stature, of any abilities, should not be in the locker room and have a locker next to all the players. I mean, that's really where you build leadership. You, you know, people talk about this term leadership. So much about leadership is, is developed in relationships with players. And one of the great places to develop relationships is in the locker room. And, and it's, it's an interesting point, though, because where you place your players, where you place your leaders in a locker room is very critical. And it's a little bit of a chess match. You want to make sure that everybody is in the right place. You know, you, you just don't want, you know, well, all the defensive backs, all the linebackers, you know, it used to be that way. Now it's important that there's interaction between everybody because it's so interrelated. Um, I don't know about the whole situation out in Seattle. I mean, I, I do know that we're going to find out just how good Russell Wilson is under Sean Payton. Last year was a bad year for him. I mean, that's an understatement, okay, uh, based upon what we believe is his talent level. But was last year who he is, or was that an aberration? That's what we're going to find out. Joe Theismann here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder on, on CBS Sports Radio. Joe, I don't know if you've ever done a darkness retreat. I haven't. I, 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 I tend to just, my eyes are closed. That's when it's dark. I don't, I don't spend several days in the dark. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his, his darkness retreat, and now he's got to figure out what he wants to do. If the darkness retreat has given him the wisdom that he hoped it would, what's the right spot for him? What's the best location? I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I'm thinking of a caterpillar, okay? <laughs> a, 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 cat, yeah, a, caterpillar, a, a caterpillar goes into darkness, and poof, here comes a butterfly. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd refer to Aaron as a butterfly, but, uh, you know, I mean, Aaron's always done stuff like this. He's gone on retreats. Uh, he's taken time. I never have. Um, people have tried to lock me in dark rooms. I know that. They've really been <laughs> successful in cornering me that way. But here's the th- this is the way I look at it. I think that the best move for him is to stay in Green Bay one more year. The reason why is I think that football team, there were, there were a lot of things early on on that football team that they needed to develop and move forward. They got down to the last game of the season, had a chance to make it to the playoffs. They'll be a better football team this year. They've committed $59 million. Their cap situation is set with Aaron Rodgers at $59 million. How many more years are you going to get out of Aaron Rodgers? This, I, I believe, probably will be the last. So if you're a team like the Jets or anybody else, why are you going to take a $59 million hit to bring in a guy for one year? Now, that's one thing. Here's the other thing. If Aaron Rodgers goes to another football team, unless it's a team that has a coach that is the same system that he has, there are maybe two or three, is he going to go to OTAs? Is he going to go to minicamp? Is he going to go – I mean – is he going to show up in the offseason and take his time to learn a new system? My bet is no. He's going to be playing golf. He's going to hang out. He's earned that right. He, he certainly does. It's not a question of money, the fact that he was able to get it. Good for him. But the right place for him is right back in Green Bay. It's good for him. It's good for the Packers. And as a Packer owner, okay, I own a share. That's where I think he should be. I love that, Joe Theismann. Uh, hanging out with me on Bill Ryder here on uh, here on CBS Sports Radio, uh, Joe. Full disclosure on on this next question, okay? Usually I'm pretty professional, but I'm a Bears fan, but I also hate my team because they break my heart all the time. So just so you know, emotionally where I'm coming from, 
I thought Justin Fields was really impressive. Am I wrong in thinking that it's pretty clear that Chicago should drive the price up in a bidding war, which I think probably exists, and trade that number one overall pick so that someone else can pay the price to draft Bryce Young and the Bears can use those draft picks to improve their roster? Absolutely. I think the Bears are in the perfect position to be able to make a deal. It's, it's let's make a deal time for the Bears. The question is, who are you targeting as, a, as the Bears? Who are you looking at? Um, I don't know if you want to get out of the top five. Maybe somebody up there is looking. You know, Bryce Young is, Bryce Young is, is one of the shortest quarterbacks to come into professional football. He's one of the, you know, he's 185 pounds. Uh, we've seen the, the, how, how much Tua has been beat up, which is another question for another time. Is, you know, is he neurologically going to be able to continue to play the game? I mean, like I said, I listed all these different teams where there's quarterback questions. Is Bryce Young the right guy? Or is C.J. Stroud going to jump ahead of him? Maybe because, you know, Bryce was in a very unique situation. He's at Alabama. I mean, that's, that's the cradle of love for quarterbacks down there. you got great running here, great defense. you got great receivers. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect scenario if, if you're you know, going to do what he was able to do and execute the way he has. You know, but, I mean, you got Anthony Richardson in Florida. You've got uh, Will Levi in, in Kentucky. You've got all these different quarterbacks. You know, you know Bryce has had a great year, no question, incredible year. Um, C.J. Stroud. You know, you don't think Ohio State's kicking themselves, right, uh, about that game. Um, so, I mean, you know, is, is Bryce Young the guy? Is he going to be the number one? But from your perspective, Bill, absolutely, you, tra- you trade that number one pick to somebody who covets someone else. Joe, every NFL year, every year, there are questions, there are storylines that I can see coming that I'm, I'm absolutely interested in. And one of them, to make an example, was what Urban Meyer was going to do. I didn't think he was going to succeed. He didn't. But it was an interesting question mark. For me, one of the most fascinating questions this year, this upcoming NFL season, and I know we're a long ways out, is Eric Bieniemy. Obviously, tons of success as the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, for whatever reason, has not been able to get a head coaching job. Now is going to be the person who is calling the plays and won't be overshadowed by Andy Reid in, in Washington. What is the what are the requirements for and the likelihood of success for for Eric Bieniemy in, in his new in his new gig in, in DC? I, I think I think so much of it revolves around the quarterback position, Bill. There's no question. When you look at the talent on this football team, I would I would match the three receivers, you know, Samuels, uh, Dotson, and uh, Terry McClure. I'd match them with anybody in the National Football League. Uh, Logan Thomas, the tight end, is a, a really solid tight end. The offensive line got beat up a bit. They're probably, you know, in a position of upgrade. The running back position, I think, is a solid position. Offensively, there are a lot of weapons on that football team. The question is, can you, will Sam Howell develop? And it's very difficult to say whether he, you know, what he is at this point, because he played one game and threw, what, 19, 20 passes. That's about it. So it's very difficult to say, what is he? I watched him in practice. I like a lot of things about him. But practice and, and games are different. I think I, this is the one thing I'm always curious about with, a, with Josh Allen in Buffalo, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And this is something that I think you can look at with Eric is how many plays are called? Like, for example, the touchdowns in the Super Bowl, a couple of great calls, and everybody gives Eric a lot of credit for those. So what are the plays that have been called and executed? 
And then what are the plays that have been called and become off schedule? Aaron Rodgers is that way as well. So you take Aaron, Josh, and Patrick. So I call the play as a coordinator. Now all of a sudden things break down and Patrick runs for 35 or Aaron throws a 50-yard pass or, or Josh hits you know a 40-yarder. Are those designed plays or are they plays made by that position? And, and that's, that's always something I'm curious about from a coordination standpoint, not just with Eric, but with every coordinator. You know, what, are, what, are script, what are the scripted ones and what are the off-script ones? And, and what are the, you know, how's the success ratio play out? I think he has everything you need to do to be a, a, a successful quarterback, a successful coordinator. You just have to have the right quarterback. There's, Bill, we could talk about a thousand other positions, but it doesn't matter. It's the single most important position in all the professional sports. And you Joe, don't get a I, day off. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, the commanders have like the 15th or 16th pick right in the, in the draft. I believe between, it's 16, yeah. Is it 16? Between that opportunity, if there's a quarterback there, and let's say Derek Carr, how aggressive do you think Washington will be in going after a quarterback for now and or going after a quarterback for, for maybe a couple years down the road? I think I think they'll – well, you have to. I think Sam Howell's the only one under contract. Right. So, I mean, from a quarterback position, you know they're going to have to go do something. I don't know if they want – maybe they'll draft a, a rookie later down but they're probably going to be in the market to look for someone. I think the price to go after a Derek Carr might be a bit steep. Uh, the economics might be a bit steep. Um, you know, you, you got to remember, they've dra- they drafted four defensive linemen in the last four drafts, number one. You've got Montez Sweat. You've got Jonathan Allen, who's been paid. Deron Payne wants to get paid. you got Chase Young that's on the blocks. Everybody's talking about him maybe going to Chicago. As, as part of a package for Justin Fields. I, I really think that Justin Fields needs to be coached. He, somebody needs to, needs to teach him how to be able to throw the football effectively. His running is unbelievable, but he needs to be a better passer of the football, and then he becomes a true weapon for the Bears. All right, Joe Theismann, last one for you here, even though we could do this for, for an hour. Um, the Ravens are in a really interesting predicament in that Lamar Jackson reportedly and his actions support this this report wants a fully guaranteed contract like the one the Browns gave Deshaun Watson that you know might have reset the market and certainly for Lamar Jackson from his perspective I think he thinks it reset the market is this a scenario where the Ravens can can walk away from Lamar Jackson or do you think you just give the guy I mean are you willing to give a guy half a billion dollars given everything we the good and the bad we've seen from him I mean we're looking you know you're looking at 50 million dollar contracts I mean there's no question about it I would not fully guarantee that contract to Lamar. The last two years, he's missed five games, the latter part of the season, the most important part of the season. And he hasn't been available to his football team. But this is the thing you have to look at around the league, Bill. What's available? If you don't sign him, what's available to you? Uh, you know, to me, if, if from a business, purely a business standpoint, purely a business standpoint, I franchise him. That's it. I think I think he gets the franchise tag, but that's you know because I don't know. I need to know more than just ponying up, you know, two hundred and fifty, three hundred million dollars. Uh, and and you know, you you lock, if you do lock him to a long term contract, you are basically locking into a specific style of offense, one that is predominantly run heavy. Um, and so 
And, you know, you look at the Ravens, it's hard to name, it's hard to name a Raven wide receiver that has had any impact in any games. Now, is that, is that the quarterback position or is that the lack of talent at that position? Always up for debate. But I really, really, I really feel like that guaranteeing Lamar all that money um, just, just doesn't make business sense to me. And, and, and you know, the thing is, too, is I, I, think it's, I think it's great that he's doing the contract himself. He doesn't need an agent to figure this out. He understands his worth. He looks around the league. He sees the numbers. You know, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. The question is, is it going to be partially guaranteed, which I have no problem with, but a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun's in Cleveland? I don't buy that. I yeah, just, I think, I'm sorry. I just don't you. see that. I think it's a bad precedent for, for, for the NFL. I think it's a bad contract for the Browns. Uh, Joe Theismann. My friend, always an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you. Thanks for I love that we got you on on a day where there's so much going on. Oh my goodness. It's just like you know, it's the quarterback carousel. It's <laughs> it's uh I guess you could call it my wheelhouse. I absolutely love it. Joe, we love you, man. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Bill. Take care. See you, see you buddy. Joe Theisman on the show. Hanging out with us. All right, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened that we haven't even gotten to. We got Dame. With the 71 points, we got the Lakers' crazy comeback. I don't know, I should have looked, if Diesel put the Iowa comeback in there, the Hawkeyes' comeback, pretty amazing. There's too much. I don't even know. There's not even going to be room. There's so much going on. I'm from Iowa. Go, Hawkeyes. Down 11 with a minute left. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh, we got all the headlines from sports we haven't hit and a take on each one in buy or sell next here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show, the long ball of sports talk radio. I've got a new TV show for Diesel. We're going to fit that in to buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. 
I missed you, Bill. I missed this back and forth for buy or sell that we're about to do. It's not the same when you're not here. It's still called. It's still buy or sell by its name, but it's not the same. I love that. All right. Do you want me to go? You want me to go first? I'm going to go first. I I was on vacation last week. Buy or sell, you want me to go first? Buy. I um, I was on vacation last week, so I watched a lot of TV. Now, this show is going to sound like a sucker show, but it's really, it's a comedy, it's a drama, it's a dramedy. Welcome to Wrexham is so freaking good. I know it's gotten tons of headlines, it's been annoying. I'm like, I'll just watch an episode. One of those, I had to watch a couple at my brother's place in Denver. Couldn't stop watching it. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElwinney, whose name I can't say, buy a low, low, low tier English soccer team. And try to instill the town with hope. Dude, it, have you seen it already? Uh, I've caught a little bit of it. I have it's not amazing. even seen the complete first episode, but I, I've watched a little bit of it. Buy or sell, you're open to bringing joy to your life by watching Welcome to Wrexham. Buy. All right. All right. Now, I know you're a big Ted Lasso guy. I know you enjoyed that show. Love the Ted Lasso. So TV shows that are loosely or you know more than loosely based on soccer... Is this already shaping up to be better than Ted Lasso? I mean, sell that because... Sell. I mean, it's different because it's a documentary and it's all true. But Ted Lasso is a... If you could take... If a unicorn brought you to the world's most beautiful rainbow and then that rainbow and all of its joy were turned into like a something, something that you could eat and you could eat the rainbow joy and feel all of that. That's Ted Lasso. You've seen Ted Lasso, right? I have. Yeah. I, have. I mean, dude, it's ama- Ted Lasso's amazing. <laughs> it was so much better than I thought it would actually be. It's very funny. I thought it was going to be super stupid, too, but it's incredibly, incredibly sweet and funny. And All awesome. right. We got a ton to get to, Bill. Let's get right to it. No real surprise here, but the Kansas City Chiefs have named your guy, Matt Nagy. I say that with heavy sarcasm. Hey, dude. Their new OC, offensive coordinator, as Eric Bieniemy was officially introduced with the Commanders last week. Now, Nagy served as quarterback's coach last season in Kansas City. Buy or sell that Matt Nagy will be the next head coach of the Chiefs whenever Andy Reid retires. Oh. Oh, he didn't go the direction I thought you were going to (laughs) go. I was all prepared for, he can succeed, he rose to his level of incompetence, and now he's back. Sell. Sell. I mean, I guess you never know. The thing is, I I think what a more likely outcome is that Nagy's going to have tons of success, whether he's the coordinator or not, and get a job somewhere else. Won't that be so ridiculous, though? Yes. With Biennemi? 100%. Yes. How we saw that all play out with Eric Biennemi. Like, that will be so ludicrous if that happens. Look, I mean, the fact that Eric Biennemi hasn't gotten a job is absurd. And the fact that he's a black coach in a league where black coaches can't get work is absolutely worthy of pointing out and talking about. I also just, I don't understand. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Or maybe the guy doesn't interview well. None of it makes any sense. I I could also see Nagy going the same route, right? Being the coordinator, having success, and if he doesn't get jobs, and he shouldn't, in my opinion, going and trying to call his own plays and get out from under the shadow of Andy Reid like like the enemy did. Because, I mean, I know Nagy can point to, like, hey, I have previous head coach experience. But it was a disaster. That's not something you point to and say, hey, look how well this went. Look look how great my experience has been for me. Like, it's been a disaster. If he gets a head coaching job, 
based off of succeeding in Kansas City, that would be absolutely ludicrous to me. I'll just say this: like there are, there have been, there's been plenty of reporting, whether it's accurate or not, but but from reliable sources, that Bieniemy and Mahomes didn't get along. And if that's true, right? Fair or not fair? If you can't get, if you're not get, like that is not going to do you any favors. And and look, I think in looking for a gig. All right, Bill, let's keep it here in the NFL. We've been discussing for months the possible sale of the Washington Commanders and how Amazon founder Jeff Bezos has interest. Last week, Bill Bezos hired an investment firm to prepare a bid on the Commanders. However, now there's conflicting reports that Bezos has been blocked from making a bid because Bezos also owns the Washington Post. And Bill, as we know, current Commanders owner Daniel Snyder absolutely hates the Washington Post. And that's believed to be why Bezos is being blocked. Buy or sell that if Daniel Snyder has blocked Jeff Bezos from buying the Commanders, that means that Snyder is not serious about selling. Sell. Sell. I think it would mean that he's just serious about being petty in a way and small-minded and ridiculous and unprofessional in a way that... um. That would certainly track with his stewardship of, of that of that football team. If you remember, we, we talked about this. Bezos was looking into selling the post just so we could like try to make a right a a gesture of goodwill towards Snyder. If you're a multi billionaire, if you're the billionaire like Jeff Bezos, you're not making that gesture unless you absolutely have to, unless you know and you believe it is a requirement in order for you to to get that team. Which means you had some inside info on this dude being a real real petty man. All right, so much hoops to get to. Such a busy weekend. The Milwaukee Bucks made it 14 straight wins yesterday as they beat the Suns 104 to 101 and they did so without Giannis in the lineup. The two-time MVP suffered a quad contusion on Friday night against the Heat and is officially listed as day-to-day. Drew Holiday led the way for Milwaukee yesterday with 33 points while Brook Lopez added in 22 of his own and Chris Middleton had a double-double off the bench. Remember, he's still on a heavy minutes restriction. Buy or sell, you're prepared to say that the 43-17 and 17 Bucks are the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, I mean, I'm prepared to say buy, because I think... Buy. I think, Tom, I've said for most of the year, that was the that was the likely outcome. I think that was, like, the likely scenario. Is them or the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, they are... They are legit, man. And they, they have not been fully constituted for big chunks of the season. They were a little lackadaisical for chunks of the season. But here we are. Here they are. I think they started the year before the season began as one of the favorites. And the only other one was Boston, by the way. And that was a question mark because of the Ime Udoka situation. It's obviously worked out with, with Missoula as the coach. But, yes, this shouldn't be a shock, even if people, as they always do with Milwaukee, don't give the respect or pay as, as much attention as they should be. All right, now speaking of the Bucks, their co-owner, Mark Lazary, has an agreement in place to sell his stake in those Bucks to Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam for $3.5 billion, according to The Athletic. Buy or sell that Jimmy Haslam joining Bucks ownership can only be a negative. I mean, bye. Bye. I just... <laughs> right? I mean, how could it? This feels so weird. How could it be a good thing just based on his stewardship of the Browns? 
Now, there's an infrastructure in place. John Horse is a, a really successful GM. Budenholzer is obviously a very, very good coach. Giannis is one of the best players in the face of the earth. I mean, you go down the list. They have a, a culture and an infrastructure and a basketball infrastructure in place that's really, really impressive and really, really promising. And there's a co-owner situation here, so who knows how power is divested in this scenario. Maybe he'll be more passive in his ownership. But if I were a Bucks fan, having to choose between this is a disaster and this is net neutral ain't a great choice. Now, those are the options. Those don't sound likely. And like you said, too, they have such a great culture there with Milwaukee. It just feels weird. It doesn't feel right. But maybe, maybe, as you said, he's co-owner, so maybe he'll be a silent co-owner. I think that's right. the best case scenario if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Silence in all meetings. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bill, let's stay in the NBA here. On Saturday, Jason Tatum's three-pointer with 1.3 seconds to go gave the Celtics the 110-107 win over the Philadelphia 76ers. However, it was a little too close for comfort as Joel Embiid's 70-footer, yes, his heave went in, but it was ruled no good because he did not get it off in time. Buy or sell, you have higher expectations in the playoffs for the 76ers than you do the Celtics. This is really, really... Then the Celtics? Then the Celtics. It's tricky for me because I love Philly. I love what they've built, but they... Doc Rivers didn't. He's still there. I was going to. He didn't mercy he's quit. Still there. I thought that's where you were headed. Over my vacation, didn't mercy quit. Doc Rivers is still the head coach. Didn't call a press conference. Said Philly, I love you so much. I'm out. He didn't blame it all on Ben Simmons. He didn't no, throw Crimea. anybody else under the bus. Premier Rivers. Yeah, he's still there. There's no doc that can heal his coaching. Um, Bye. Thank you. I will. Was the question I buy or sell? I have more. I have higher hopes for the Sixers in the playoffs. Yes, then the, the Celtics. Celtics. Yep. I will sell that. Sell. The East is really fun. I think you asked me to choose who's going to come out of the East. I, I would reluctantly choose Milwaukee. If you said take two teams, I would bet all your money, and I want you to have money, um, some of mine, on Milwaukee and Boston, right? Like between those two teams, yes, probably. I think Cleveland can come out. I do. I think everything has to fall right. And I think Philly can come out of the East. But but Doc Rivers is, for me, a, a major hindrance. I just, I mean, I've written about this. I've talked about it. I think the data is strong. Data are, data are strong, Tom. I hate that. Data are strong. Data yeah, I think that's are the right strong. T- yeah. Um, the history's there. He's just not very good coach in, in the postseason. So he's got the one in Boston, I know, but that's it. A lot of blown leads. All right. The Portland Trailblazers are battling right now to get into a play-in spot in the Western Conference. And Damian Lillard's 71-point performance yesterday against the Rockets brought them within a half game of the Pelicans for the 10th seed. Lillard became the eighth player in NBA history to score at least 70. And at 32 years old, Lillard is the oldest to do so. Dame 71 tied Cleveland's Donovan Mitchell for the most points this season in the league. Buy yourself that Damian Lillard can carry the Blazers to a playoff berth. Yeah, I'll I'll buy. Buy. I mean, look, it's it's going to be rickety. It's going to be close. By playoff berth, you mean a top, a best of seven series? Best of seven series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's they're in the mix, and seventy one points, and not just that. Remember, this is the guy that waved goodbye to the Westbrook, um, Paul George Thunder team that have reconstituted plus Kawhi and, and with the Clippers. That's going to go really well. Just kidding. 
Yeah, Lillard's a Lillard's a winner, man. The guy is a closer. Let me ask you this: buy or sell that Lillard will get the credit he deserves for his career and the loyalty of his career if he stays in Portland? Sell. No, and I think the fact that when we have to mention a seventy-one point performance, and in the same breath we're talking about can the Blazers make the play in? Like they're an under five hundred team, like. It's never going to coincide how good this dude is and what he's meant to that franchise when he's not. uh, Let's be honest. They're not going to get a championship. I don't even know that they're going to get remotely close to one. Yeah, I I think you're right. It's hard to recruit to Portland. I'm going to Portland in a few weeks to to take to watch a game. We'll do a show. I'll do a show or two from there. I mean, I love I love the area. I love the community. NBA players don't want to play there. They just don't. It's really hard to recruit there. All right, Bill. A few moments ago, you mentioned the Clippers. Let's get to them. Back on Friday night, the Kings and the Clippers combined to have the second largest scoring game in NBA history with Sacramento beating L.A. 176 to 175 in double overtime. 351 combined points. Oh, by the way, Friday was Russell Westbrook's Clippers debut, and he was right in the starting lineup. 17 points, 14 assists. That sounds great but seven turnovers. The Clippers were at it again yesterday, losing to the Nuggets in overtime again, 134 to 124. Russ again in the starting lineup, finished with 17 points and four assists. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell the Clippers will be able to make it work with Russell Westbrook. Look, the double overtime, they obviously were in it, and they scored a ton of points, double overtime, and losing to the Nuggets, is no. there's no real shame in that, even if it's, I think, six in a row. It's a really good basketball team. So the sample size, their own two with Russell Westbrook, is not enough to make a judgment. But here's my judgment anyway. Hell no. They're not going to sell. No, man. He doesn't work. He doesn't, he doesn't fit. He puts up stats and his teams lose. Again, people see what they want to see, but this is the reality of Westbrook's game. People see 17 points, 14 assists. Wow. Great debut for Russ in L.A. Yeah, what about the seven turnovers? What about the lack of defense? The Clippers had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter on Friday night against the Kings. They yeah, couldn't dude. get a stop. No, dude, it was it was it was bad. They're, the Lakers are desperate to win. If Westbrook could have helped and contributed to that, they would have kept him there. I, I mean, the, it's not like the Lakers have no aspirations to success, and therefore I got get rid of Russell Westbrook's not helpful. To the goal of, of of winning basketball games. Are we done, Ray? We flew through those seven questions today. We we got all seven in. We got all seven in. I, I have a quick follow up for you though. Hit me. In winning, we've said on this show again and again, you don't want Russell Westbrook on your on your squad, and you don't want Kyrie Irving. Is it for completely completely different reasons though? Yeah, I mean, look, Kyrie's a bad teammate. Um, he's a cancer. He, although I'll say this, like I like Westbrook. I, I personally like Westbrook. I can tell you, talking to folks in that Lakers organization, they being the organization, players and coaches were over this guy. Didn't I think we said I talked about this in the air? Didn't want him in the building anymore. So I also just think Kyrie's a higher level player clearly now than 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 Westbrook. But I think both of these guys aren't willing to make whatever adjustments they need to to win basketball games. And some of that's ego, and in Kyrie's case, some of that's not being a knucklehead. 
So there are there are differences, but the similar thing here is they put themselves above the team. They just do. Um, there's a pitch clock, and some of the, the Major League Baseball players in spring training hate it and are angry. You're out. What? I didn't swing. But, uh, you know, like that? But Cell, he is so happy. We're going to get into why baseball might have finally done something right after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Greg Cassert. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show, Writer Than You, here on CBS Sports Radio. So if you missed this over the weekend, um, I think, was it Cal Conley of the Braves? Is that, is that who it was, Tommy? Tom? Uh, it was a, you know, bases loaded, tie game, high impact, in a spring training situation, and there's this pitch clock that's now in place by Major League Baseball. The gist of it is there are 20 seconds for a pitcher to deliver the ball if the bases are empty. 15 seconds, sorry, 15 seconds if the bases are empty. 20 seconds if the uh, bases are occupied. And the batter, and this will be important to this story, has to be in the in the batter's box, ready to go with no less than 8 seconds. And so Conley thought he had drawn... The walk-off walk. If you watch the clip, he starts to walk with his bat toward first base. And so, I did it! A hero at spring training! And then, you're out! Came out of nowhere from the umpire because the guy hadn't gotten in the box in time and it violated the the hitter's responsibility in this new pitch clock. And I think I like it. I don't like change. Like, I'm so mad about the DH. I, th- I still think it's stupid there's interleague play. I mean, if you know, I, I, I miss when hit and runs and bunts mattered. I am old school when it comes to baseball. But, but Diesel, you lit up over this. You were so excited about this. And I think, think I'm with you, man. What, what is it that, that uh, tickled your, your, your funny bone on this guy? So we talked about these rule changes when they happened from MLB. And it's the only reason I tuned in for spring training. If these rule changes were not in place yet, I would not be tuning in even to a half inning of spring training. Who cares? Okay. Bill. <laughs> baseball super fan. I did not. I did not anticipate how much the pitch clock would change the sport. This is yep. going to be the best thing that's happened to baseball in decades. 
Also, I did not anticipate what you just laid out. I did not anticipate that the batters would be the ones struggling with the pitch clock. All weekend, they have the they have until the eight-second mark. They were the ones struggling, not the pitchers. The pitchers seemed to be yep. more adjusted knowing that this was coming. The batters struggling with this made great TV. As you laid out, they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what, why he was called out. Game over. This was great. And the pace of play. We are down to an MLB game lasting as long as an NBA game. Two hours Get, and 22 minutes. It's amazing. Get in the batter's box. So this is you're 100% right. And I'm, look, I actually, and I'm with you. I felt bad when the rule got announced for pitchers, in large part, like, if you got a guy in first, is how do you coordinate when, because if you get to the end of the pitch count, that guy's going to be able to time his jump literally perfectly, right? If you get down to the very end, he's going to be able to make, make, and I don't, we'll see how the, how it gets implemented, but my annoyance with baseball and its time is often what we saw being punished this weekend is guys, like, not in there and moving their bat, and then they get in there, and then they step out of the batter's box, and the pitcher's like, what is happening? And it's just, then they do it again. They do, get in there. I played baseball. I was pretty a little Little League player. Get in there. Move, you know, do your th- two or three. I had three. Quick fake swing, right? And then go, man. Get back. I'm left. I'm left hand. I'm left. I'm left. Get back with your way on your, your right foot, my left foot, and get ready for the freaking pitch. The part that made this so riveting over the weekend, and from everything that I've seen and read, this will not be the case in the regular season. From that camera angle, over the pitcher's shoulder, you were able to see the pitch clock count down. Now, in the regular season, I'm under the belief that that will not be the case. It will not be right there. It will be throughout the stadium, but it will not be in the same position that it was in these spring training games over I the weekend. I wish it were. Because I do think it's going to be unfair for a guy at first base just being like, okay, I got three seconds left. I'm going to be able to, you know, time this pretty, pretty effectively, right? And there will be a cat and mouse situation with pitchers being aware of that. I like, I like it. Like, I'm with you, man. So one of the things about soccer that was pitched to me before I started watching it from people was like, they're like, dude, it's two hours. It's literally, it starts, and two hours later, it's finished. And I remember thinking, I don't, I mean, cool. Like, you could, uh, you could tell me that paint is drying. I don't care how short it is. I'm not interested. But then I realize I actually like the sport. It is, it is digestible. It is not very long. We all have busy lives. Like Baseball not being a four-hour affair would be really, really good for the sport. And by the way, it also just forget our time matters, and as fans not having to spend a bunch of time, waste a bunch of time is significant. It also, I think, will, will highlight like the thrilling moments of baseball. If they happen... Over two hours rather than four hours, they're not going to be as diluted, and you're going to, I think, feel for fans that aren't baseball fans, maybe some of the joy that those of us that are a little more patient with the sport feel when some of those, and they're not often high leverage situations, pop up over the course of a of a nine inning game. I think it, in. it speaks to that. It's spe- I mean, Bill, we got to a point in baseball where we were expecting a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. This, I think, as you said, get in the box and get ready to hit, pitch the ball. We're going to have more balls in play, more action. More action in a sped-up fashion. I think it's going to be great for the sport. I did not anticipate that it would look like this and feel like this. I think this could be really good for baseball. I hope you're right. I think, unfortunately, I probably don't have the same optimism. I think I think ball players are going to adjust and they're going to be able to figure out their process of. And I hate it. The, the you know the outcome strikeout home run based on balls is like really good math and a really poor product for for fans. 
dang, dude, if we get a double down here, and and, and I don't think this is going to happen, but but if I'm wrong, and you're and, and, and ball players have trouble executing that that approach, I'm not going to say Robert Manfred was is the man, but I will not mock him for at least a good three or four weeks. I'm Robert <laughs> Manfred. See, it's a good idea. It's a good. It's a. I, I'm and I'm. It actually got me excited about baseball for the like for the first time in a long time. Same here. I was watching multiple spring training games. I haven't done that in years. I it's so funny. Like what your fo- I used to cover college hoops. Was obsessed with it. Don't watch it as much as I used to. I used to cover spring training many years ago. Obsessed with it. I, I'm with you. I find spring training to be so freaking boring. And this goes back to the fact that most of the teams that are having a spring training have no chance to be successful over the course of the year. I know we didn't talk about Machado getting a bunch of money from the Padres. I love it. I don't and bogus his whole. We'll get him tomorrow. Oh, he's not here tomorrow. We'll get him Thursday. You still mad at Steve Cohen? Stop it. One team spending some money doesn't doesn't change the dynamic of Major League Baseball. All right. I can't get into that. I have 10 seconds. Thanks for listening. Great show. Thanks to Joe Theismann. We appreciate you. I'm Bill Ryder. This is Ryder Than You. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.